0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
1: Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation.
0: It's our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson here for a scoop session from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. Little inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Maybe a little. We usually do this on a on a Thursday, so maybe a little reckless speculation Thursday on a Friday here. Reckless speculation. But Doogie, what's going on, man? Vikings, Falcons this weekend. Taylor Heineke,
2: the deer in the headlights.
0: <laughs> That's a That's Halloween it. costume
2: reference uh, versus Jaron Hall. Let's get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Heineke gives the Falcons a much better chance to win the game on Sunday compared to what I've seen from Desmond Ritter. But yes, good morning, good to see you, gentlemen. TGIF score, North Faithful. I appreciate your guys's flexibility. Hey, trust me, I was recklessly speculating on Thursday, our favorite day of the week, with Xfinity Internet guy. It was good <laughs> internet in our neighborhood. It wasn't just our house. Right, I had to keep up the tradition of the holiday. Right, I mean, it's a holiday in our world. <laughs> So every Thursday we recklessly speculate, but I didn't have any internet at my house. You guys were busy later in the evening. Phil, you were at the gopher game. Judd, I presume you were at the wild game. What a debacle they are. What is it now? Oh. Four grade losses, six of seven. Dean Everson in trouble. Jared Spurgeon, by the way, not expected back tomorrow, but soon thereafter. But I don't know how much of a difference maker he is. But anyway, thank you for your guys' flexibility that we can do this on Friday.
0: Yeah. Judd, why don't you start the festivities here? We'll start with Vikings. Where do you want to go?
1: Uh, I I actually want to talk about the acquisition that the Vikings made of Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback from the Cardinals for, you know, draft pick swap. Um, I'm sure that you were in the locker room at uh, TCO Performance Center, Darren. And I'm just curious um, what you think the expectations are here as far as is Jaren Hall, is Jaren Hall uh, not on Sunday, but is he going to be pulled at the first sign of struggles once Dobbs is considered up to speed in your mind or is this more of a Jaron Hall is going to get every chance to start as long as possible? And, and because Mullins is down with a back injury, that Dobbs just provides some security.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of the latter, Judd. Now, hey, let's chat again at 3.30 on Sunday, right? I mean, if Jaron Hall is a complete train wreck, we'll see Dobbs in there on November 12th against New Orleans. But let's wait and see if Jaron shows us anything I see Jaron Hall starting against New Orleans. And you're right about Mullins. Dobbs very much insurance for that. My understanding is the Mullins' back injury, not some sort of long-term type back injury, but think about Garrett Bradbury. We thought Bradbury was making some progress. Right. Then took a step backwards, right? So Mullins hasn't practiced for weeks. At best, like to me, he'd be available November 27th. Like I don't think November 12th was realistic after he hasn't practiced for weeks. I even think November 19th would have been aggressive that game in Denver. So, like, at best, you were looking at November 27th for Mullen. So they had to bring somebody in. Now, Judd, you probably heard some of this same steam. It's not like it was Josh Dobbs or Bust. I mean, John Walford, my understanding is he was the guy they really wanted, but then Tampa made the elevation, Hmm. moved him up from the practice squad to the 53-man roster, but they kicked the tires on some other guys, Jacoby Brissett with Washington on an expiring contract. I know Jameis Winston's name came up at least internally. I don't know how far it got. A New Orleans Saints source decided not to get back to me, so read between the lines on that if you want to or not. And I'm sure that they also inquired on a few other guys as well. But I think Walford was the guy that they were really keying in on, but Tampa made that move. But plus, you know, Kwesi got some intel on Dobbs from, from his folks in Cleveland. Hey, I mean, he's a rocket scientist, right? I mean, you hear so many good things about Dobbs, how teammates love him, right? I mean, the word spreads. I mean, that's how you survive this long as as the ultimate journeyman. What is it now? Seven teams in seven years, nine different stops over those seven years. So multiple stops in a couple different locations. So he endeared himself so well in a couple spots that they brought him back. I texted with a coach, a coach that we all know now. I didn't ask if I could use his name on the record, so we'll keep him anonymous for now. But he gave me all sorts of really good feedback on Dobbs. In fact, I can read verbatim what he told me. But point is, Jaron Hall is going to be the guy unless he fails miserably. But let me read this verbatim. I said, hey, what's good to know on Josh Dobbs? Great guy, very smart, competitive, and he wins over his teammates quickly. Solid arm talent, above average athlete. I love that kid. So, I mean, that's feedback from somebody I trust, somebody I've known yeah. for a really long time that coached Dobbs along the way. So the feedback is really, really good. But I'm just telling you, I imagine, I sense that Jaron Hall is going to be the guy unless he falls flat on his face.
0: You know, and also just one more nugget on Dobbs. So I'm just counting it up. You're right. So it's, nine, it's nine stops since 2017, a couple stops with Steelers, a couple stops with Browns. But it's it's specifically since the beginning of 2022, it's one, two, three, four. This is his fifth different team and version of a system as well. So they clearly trust him. I mean, look at, didn't he come in like, what, was it the Titans? He came in at the end and like was starting a playoff game for them last year, wasn't he? And he, so his, clearly his retention based on how smart he is, is very high. Um, but this also, Doogie, from a big picture standpoint, just opens up such a blank canvas for the Vikings they could bring Kirk back Dobbs or Jaron Hall could get a shot and impress to the point where they want to see more of that guy in 2024 we just went over a CBS Sports mock draft where they drafted Michael Penix in the first round like what where do you think they're at right now are they just in full wait and see mode until March basically see how the season plays out
2: well, with that mock draft, was J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback, was he on the board when they went he,
0: he went already. Right. He was top ten. They okay, had the Vikings drafting Pennix. Guy,
2: yeah, he'd be a guy to keep an eye on over Pennix, but certainly they're doing their homework on all these guys. You know, the guy at Texas, yeah, Washington, heck, Nixit, Oregon, but certainly McCarthy, certainly May, even Caleb Williams, even though they'll be far too good to be in that stratosphere of having a chance to land. And I think Caleb is going pro. He can talk all he wants about NIL. I think he's going pro, not staying at USC for another year. But, yeah, I mean, heck, you know. Like, I think – and, Jen, I think we talked about this maybe via text. But, like, I think there's a better chance today than there was Sunday morning that Kirk is back, that they'll be able to make the money work, that there were different negotiations even going back to the Combine my sense is those negotiations or at least some dialogue picked up later in the summer, right? So there has been mutual interest, cousins and in signing extension here, and the Vikings showing interest in keeping cousins. But now coming off the Achilles, like, you're not talking about 38 to $42 million a year or whatever. The number is somewhere in that ballpark. The number is going to be significantly less. So I'm just telling you, like, today, I'm telling you, there's a better chance and I don't say this lightly, there's a better chance today than there was Sunday morning that Cousins is back. But to me, Phil, you still take a quarterback and you take a quarterback pretty darn high. So whether it's Penix or whomever in the first round, like that's why they're doing all this homework. I mean, they're having, you know, their top scouts, you know, practices, games. I mean, it seems like now they might tell you, hey, we do this on a yearly basis. This year isn't any different than other years, but it does seem like some of the higher-ups in the scouting department have been going to see these top echelon
1: quarterbacks more so than years past. So, Dukes, um, how close do, do you feel at any point in time before the deadline? And this can go back to the 1-4 and four start, that there was any steam on on potentially trading Deniel Hunter. And now that he has been kept and is having uh, such a good year to pivot to this, What do you think the odds are, speaking of guys coming back, of Daniil actually being signed to a uh, multi-year contract right here? Because he has 20.5 sacks, Dukes, over the past season plus. Wow. So he's been incredible, showing no signs of slowing down.
2: Well, I mean, what's the money look like? I think in an ideal world, Judd, Daniil Hunter is here in 2024 and probably 2025 as well, then maybe there's some sort of out in the contract if it's a three- or four-year deal, framed as one, but they can get out after 2025. But in an ideal world, the Vikings are signing Daniel Hunter to a contract extension. Now, on trade talk, my understanding, Judd, is they were never offered a first-round pick. I think that's where it would have been interesting. If a team made that offer, much like the Dolphins did with Bradley Chubb a year ago at Denver, and he simultaneously signed Chubb, to a big money extension. Like, I don't think any team was giving up a first round pick without some sort of working understanding. I know the Bears gave up a second for Sweat, and we think the Bears will sign Sweat to an extension, but I guess we don't know. Like, in the moment, the deal isn't done, but they were never presented that opportunity. But, like, were there inquiries? 100%. Like, I'm just telling you, we talked about this months ago. Jacksonville, yeah. 100%. You know, and yeah. to me, Jacksonville is still the team to watch in March. Right, that Daniel, his representation, even though he's still with the same representation, they messed up last time. The real time to hit the jackpot was the second contract. Not that he wasn't paid handsomely, but he could have made more money. So is he looking for the ultimate jackpot in March because he really likes it here?
0: Yeah, like he doesn't it's been great for him.
2: He loves it here. Whether Brian Flores is back next year or not, to me, Brian needs to be hired as some team's head coach. But Whether Brian is here or not, Daniil loves everything about being a Viking, even if there's been some tension in years past. He really, really enjoys being a Viking right now. But is he willing to take some sort of discount if Jacksonville comes in? They're still paying Trevor Lawrence on the rookie deal, right? I mean, I don't know what Jacksonville's cap situation is come March, but when you have the quarterback, a high level quarterback, by the way, or certainly a quarterback capable of being at a high level on a rookie deal, you have that much more. Flexibility. So, what is Jacksonville, or maybe somebody else, but certainly Jacksonville, willing to offer him in March? Can the Vikings come close to that, right? And how much would he be willing to give the Vikings, you know, "quote unquote" a hometown discount? But I'm just telling you, my understanding is Daniel really, really likes it here. I think in a perfect world, he finishes his career as a Viking. But I need to know what the money looks like. Like, it's not Nick Bosa money. You know, what does Micah Parsons sign for? in the next, what, 12 to 18 months? How does that change the market? Okay, Danielle, not getting Micah Parsons' money. But what is realistic? Like, Phil, you're always good with the numbers. Have you looked at some of these pass yeah. rushing contracts in the last couple of years? Yep. What makes I mean, sense? Like, if he's willing to come in in the four to eight range, so top eight, top five, top four, highest paid pass rushers, but he's not approaching the Nick Bosa number one, Yeah, money what would that look like
0: so bosa bosa there's it's it's funny like bosa's agent is genius bosa's agent wasn't negotiating against the edge rusher market bosa's agent was negotiating against non-quarterbacks and and won
2: so remember it's the same agency that also represents justin jefferson so that's coming down the road yeah so so i mean the average annual
0: value is one way to look at this which you know that's that's sometimes that's a shell game but Nick Bosa, $34 million a year average annual value. The second highest paid edge rusher is at 28, TJ Watt. So there's a huge gap between one and two. So then it goes, this is again, AAV, TJ Watt, 28, Joey Bosa, 27. Boy, the Bosas are going to have a nice uh, Thanksgiving feast extravaganza at their place. Uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett is at 25, and then there's a bunch between like 20 and 20. So it's going to be like, let's say, hey, we're not going to, Bosa's 26 you're 29 you've had a neck injury but we can get you like into that 25 million dollar range that's probably and maybe in terms of guarantees uh the biggest fully guaranteed contract for an edge is nick bosa 88 million tj watts at 80 you know could you get him 50 million in guarantees or 70 million in guarantees or something like well it's gonna be a big contract two
2: years yeah i mean i guess it'll come down to the guarantees Yeah, Like, if it's closer to 50 compared to 70, like, I would tell you slam dunk. Yep. Neil Hunter is back. It'll be closer to 70, though. If it's closer to 70, that to me is a slippery slope more so, but maybe. But I'm just telling you, he loves it here. I think the Vikings do want him here. I mean, the question is, were there even some negotiations leading up to Tuesday? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. I never was able to nail this down. But were there potentially some negotiations here in season? approaching the trade deadline but bottom line daniel my senses he wants to be here the vikings would like to find a way to make that work
0: this is tom bernard can't get enough of sports talk with phil mackie and judd zolgad tune in to the new tom bernard show podcast monday through friday as phil and judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind just download the tom bernard show app wherever you get your podcast or visit tombernardshow.com it's another way to get more from me and judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
1: Off of that, do we is it safe to assume, and this is completely, Darren, recklessly speculating on a Friday when that day was yesterday, but Reckless I don't care. Speculation. Is it safe to assume that Quasi and the Jaguars were talking about, you know, Daniel, I, I need a first round pick, which if Quasi said, I totally get it. The Jaguars are like, I can't do that, can't go there. And then before, you know. Before the phone got hung up, somebody said, what about Ezra? And the Jaguars are like, oh, oh, you're shopping him. So can we assume Mm -hmm. that the sort of like uh, throw-in type, like it just sort of came out of nowhere but didn't shock us because we have speculated? that the Ezra Cleveland trade to the Jaguars might have had to do with what started off as very serious talks about Daniil Hunter.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a safe space, even on a Friday, right? I mean, 100%. I'm not even sure so, that's necessarily reckless speculation. I think If it is, I'm okay with it. Speculation, yes, right? I mean, there was dialogue on Daniil. So somewhere along the way, Ezra's name came up. The fact they traded Ezra... Not a shock, right? I mean, they never, even though he expressed interest, they never reciprocated on a contract extension. Plus, his name came up in the summer. I've verbalized that previously, but I don't think they came close to moving him, you know, pre-training camp or when training camp first started, you know, mid to late July. But his name came up like they were willing to listen on him. Now, I thought they could do a little bit better, and a six. Now it's Carolina's six, so it's a high sixth round pick, right? I mean, essentially, right? I mean, figure Carolina's picking in the top five of the round. So, you know, if you want to argue, yeah, I thought they could have gotten a five, we're talking maybe the difference of 10 to 15 spots. Mm-hmm. Not that big of a deal if we're talking about Jacksonville's five, presuming they have a five, or the 49ers had interest. You know, if you were getting the 49ers five, the difference between Ooh. Carolina's. Sixth-round pick, Jacksonville's fifth or San Francisco's fifth. We're talking, what, maybe 10 spots max, so not that big of a deal. But, yeah, the 49ers definitely had some interest. But bottom line, I wasn't shocked, right? I mean, when you didn't show interest in extending him, when Dalton Reisner's natural position is left guard, that he's performed admirably, maybe not as good against the Packers. I don't know what the PFF numbers were, but maybe not quite as good against the Packers as he was previously, but still, we know Dalton Reisner is a good player. And so why wouldn't you move a pending free agent that you know wasn't coming back? And that leads me into K.J. Osborne. Now, where they can defend not moving Osborne, I don't think they were ever offered a five. So if you were willing to take a six for Ezra, why not take a six for K.J.? Well, the comeback to that is no guarantees that Justin Jefferson is back November 12th but the hamstring might need another week to two. I still think he's back this month, but maybe not necessarily the New Orleans game. Heck, KJ himself is a little banged up this week, been limited in practice. Brandon Powell is banged up, limited in practice. I imagine as we find out later today, he'll probably have like a questionable designation for Sunday. Now, Jalen Naylor is ready to go. And I know they like Jalen. And so at some point, Jalen is going to get a look. But right now, with Tristan Jackson, with Nikhil Harry. Like, I don't know if you're willing to give those guys more snaps. So K.J. Osborne is a nice insurance policy. Plus, make sure you know this. Kevin O'Connell thinks the world of K.J. Osborne. Even if they know K.J. is leaving in March, Kevin O'Connell loves the guy. And so I think insurance policy, the fact they love him, hey, you've got the rookie quarterback in there on Sunday, why not have the savvy vet, a guy that can run some good routes, you know, the drops, I think, are a little bit of a mirage. Didn't have a drop all of last year. So the four or five drops this year, that's a bit weird, but still has good hands, a guy that you trust that they weren't willing to move him for like a sixth. And I don't even know if they would have moved him for a fifth, but KJ Osborne is going to leave in March. Yeah. What about so uh, Justin
0: Jefferson? All right. So you got, he's got to sit out for sure the Atlanta game. And then, then, then we start looking at when's he coming back. So you got the home game against New Orleans. And then you got the uh, right now, anyways. The back-to-back primetime games against Denver on the road in Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if neither of those were primetime games. But oh, you think so? I they mean, the Denver
2: flex games. Yeah, Denver's won two I in agree. a row.
0: Denver's won two in a row, so I can but see they, it now.
2: They don't flex like Jets Raiders. Is that a Sunday or Monday night game coming? Yeah, out? that's
0: brutal, man.
2: Didn't get flexed. <laughs> Yeah, and I understand it's the New York market, but like right. I'm thinking November 27th, the Chicago market. Well, that's you know, Chicago the market in prime time too much. Yeah. Do I think maybe one of those gets flexed, Phil? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not sure. I think both get flexed.
0: But on Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. and I mean he would be appealing for a national TV audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have any sense of? how close he is is it something where he would just wait till after the bye in another month would he come back before the bye do you have any sense at all right now
2: i mean i anticipate he's back at some point this month now is that more like november 27th and at that point if he doesn't play november 19th would it make logical sense why have him play you know that game in vegas why not just hold him through the bye then have him back i guess what is the the vegas game is
0: the game after the bye yeah
2: okay the vegas game yeah so you know, if you're gonna play him November twenty-seventh, you know, would it make sense? Okay, if that's the week, okay, maybe he's back, maybe he's not. All right, well, you know what? If it's on the fence, let's hold him out for the Bears game. Then he gets to buy, then you're right. Then you play in Vegas on December 10th. But like I'll be surprised if he's not back this month. Like he wants to be back. He's got a goal of eclipsing one thousand yards again. He's not going to touch two thousand, right? But wants to eclipse one thousand yards, the competitor that he is the guy I've seen at training camp behind the scenes enough. Like, he wants to play, regardless of the situation at quarterback, he wants to get out there as soon as possible. Just tricky injury, right? That's why I'm not sure he's back November 12th. But whether it's the 19th or the 27th, like, I anticipate he's back. That this isn't more like an eight- to nine-week hamstring injury, that it's closer to the five-
1: to six-week. Dukes, what's the expectation of how Hall, and if he plays potentially Dobbs, is also going to change – the run game because clearly it's been a disaster like it's been i the packers i believe the packers and vikings were both 30th respectively in uh in run defense in green bay's case and in the vikings case it in run offense um but with a mobile quarterback how much does this potentially change things a little bit to make the run game one a necessary part of the attack from a quarterback standpoint, but two, something that the Vikings can actually gain some traction. I believe they are at two 100-yard rushing games as a team this season.
2: Well, I mean, you know, this is me more opining, but it's time to get Cam Akers and Ty Chandler more touches, right? Yeah. We're starting to see it a little bit with Cam, although I thought there were some more opportunities Sunday the second half to give yeah. him more touches, but that would be something i keep an eye on. What I'll be fascinated to watch is, you know, are there some RPO-type options there for Jaron, right? And, you know, Dobbs has a little bit of a history with that as well. So how does the RPO now become a part of the offense? How much will we see as soon as Sunday in Atlanta, or is that a bit too aggressive? But RPO run-pass options I think are something we are going to see eventually. But, like, more simplistically – Just get Akers and Chandler a few more touches. We know how good the offensive line is in terms of run blocking. So give those guys more of an opportunity. I love Alexander Madison, the person. There's absolutely a role for Alexander Madison on this team, but it's not at 16 carries plus four or five catches, 20 to 22 touches per game. you got to minimize those touches. You can still get him touches, but not that many touches. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Any other Viking stuff? Because I've got some... I got some non-Viking stuff, but if you've got extra Vikings things, fire away before I ask my next question.
2: Well, I mean, I was asked about, like, Mac Jones. No, the Vikings did not inquire on Mac Jones. I was asked about Kyler Murray. No, the Vikings did not inquire. I love, like,
0: Patriots fans and Cardinals Cardinals fans are, like, trying to pawn their broken sort of,
2: Well, isn't that why Gobbs is now a Viking? That, you know, truthfully, Arizona, maybe they want to get a look at the rookie this week, but pretty quick here, Kyler Murray's going in there because they want to showcase Kyler Murray hopefully trade him come March right that Arizona wants to get out from underneath that enormous contract but I'm just telling you but the irony is he
0: might but here's the irony though they're gonna they're gonna showcase Kyler Murray and he's gonna he's gonna be just good enough to win a small handful of games to move them out of the running for Caleb Williams and so that's that's the thing here it's like if you sit him and you play what's this guy's name Clayton Toon Right. You're probably you might win one more game the rest of the year. Kyler Murray might win you like three games. And now all of a sudden you're drafting fifth.
2: So we'll see. I don't know if he wins them three games. Maybe, I guess, but I still think they.
0: I won't fight you too hard on that.
2: That's why Dobbs (laughs) is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. It's not like Dobbs did anything wrong playing for the Cardinals. They just, you know, just the landscape of where they are. You know, they just they want to give a couple other guys. Some looks. I was asked with Will Levis's success. Even last night I thought he made some pretty good throws. Like, were the Vikings ever seriously considering him first round in April? No. Like there just there wasn't legit Will Levis Vikings team. Certainly did their homework on him, but there was more Hendon Hooker steam, you know, Thompson Robinson, certainly Jaron Hall, right? But I just didn't hear in the moment a whole lot of Will Levis steam, even though, you know, the connection, Kevin O'Connell to the OC there in Kentucky, so the Vikings certainly had the book on Will Levis, but no, just I didn't hear any, you know, serious thought that the Vikings gave to drafting Will Levis in April. The other Vikings note they will have scouting representation at Huntington Bank Stadium tomorrow. Gophers against Illinois at 230. Pretty good NFL representation. Seven teams will be at Huntington Bank Stadium, which, you know, for an in-game look, I mean, that's pretty darn good, so let me look I they will all have, might I will leave
1: have, in the third quarter just like they did last they week might. every one of them is going to get up and leave peace out see uh
2: it's entirely to stubborn herbs yeah it's it's i wouldn't rule it out here you i go. will Vikings. have drinking
0: drinking representation <laughs> at the game tomorrow just so you yep. know
2: they can join With you Where you're going to be phil in one of those uh palatial sweets yep let's do it lions texans i thought you were sky my lot no sky my lot sorry that's who's going
0: uh, I'm I hear, going? I have heard... I'm not going,
2: no. Nobody invited me. I, will I was be invited. I said no. Of course. I'm
1: You're also invited? going to a, I'm also going to a comedy show at like 4 o'clock. So I'd rather go see Craig Ferguson than 30? laugh my Dude, ass off a, at
2: T-C. The, 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 the tailgate yeah, ends TV at 2.30. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not doing that either. No, that's... that's
0: By the awesome. way, I so heard, heard there will be clear. a special guest at the Babu tailgate, is what my sources are
1: telling me. Is the Babu tailgate a go? I've been trying to find out here, so... We can talk offline.
0: We can talk offline. It's
1: part of the scoop. If it's real.
0: I just don't, I I don't
2: want to throw out any misinformation. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, here are the NFL teams that will be at Huntington Bank Stadium tomorrow. Vikings, Lions, Texans, Raiders, Jaguars, Bills, Falcons. So all things considered, that's pretty good when you have seven NFL teams represented at your college game. And certainly looking at a number of Illini players as well, but you think about Tyler Newbin. While he's not one of the semifinalists or finalists for the Jim Thorpe Award is beyond me. He's one of the best DBs in the country, in my opinion. And yeah, I get it. Maybe safeties are a bit devalued, but like he's in that mix to go at least top 50. He doesn't go first round, you know, within the first 10 to 15 picks of the second round. So that's all I've got on the Vikings.
0: We are now a week into the NBA season and we're what? several weeks into the NHL season and the Bally sports app can't figure it out. What are we like? At what point do the, like, let's talk Timberwolves. So the, the first two Timberwolves games have been unavailable to people paying for this stream because they can't figure out their it Ridiculous. and the wild game last yeah. night was a problem for people too. what, like, at what point do these, it's a, it's an absolute clown show joke for, I mean, the NBA is like a $15 billion entity what are we doing here? At what point did the Timberwolves have to step in and say, let's put some games on 45. Like, let's let's find a way to make these games available for people to actually watch. It sounds to me like Sinclair in their bankruptcy, you know, 12 months here. Did they just fire all their IT
2: people? Like, how is this not <laughs> fixed yet, dude? It's insane. And the Wolves' contract with them is still for another couple of years. It's not like the twin situation where the TV contract yeah. was expiring. Yes, I mean, I can tell you, Wolves' folks are well aware of the issue. What exactly is being done behind the scenes? I can't necessarily articulate, but, Phil, you're right. Freaking ridiculous, right? Like, think about how good the Wolves played on Wednesday night, the roller coaster known as the Wolves. You just don't know on a nightly basis. It was a freight train, freight train. Freight train on Wednesday They night. were so good on Wednesday, yet so many people cannot consume that product. It's a joke, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't have – What is the solution? Yeah, I mean, I guess hire some capable IT people, whatever it is. But there are people paying good money. What is it, $19.95 a month? Paying good money. I hope there's some sort of credit given back to you, right? But the fact that you're paying that much money on a per month basis to consume these games, it's not like you're using that app for anything else, right? It's just about watching the wolves in the wild pretty much right now, maybe something else. But pretty much those two teams, and you don't have the ability to do that, yeah, I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke.
1: What doesn't make sense is why doesn't the, in this case, NBA just step in and take over the streaming? Because the games are still available through Bally on cable and satellite. So that's not a problem. So all you have to do is if, and it would be expensive, but who cares? If you're the league, they could literally just say, you know what? You can't do this. You failed miserably. We're going to step in and provide the streaming component.
2: Like well, that, maybe they eventually get to that. That's point. The maybe good- not. But this soon, I mean it stinks when, when two games are unavailable, but if we're talking another couple weeks of this, maybe. I mean, that's what Major League this Baseball has but done. I mean, that's, ridiculous. That's, where, that's where this thing is going with the twins. I know you guys have talked yeah. about Dick Bremer and all of that this week, and you know what the Twins broadcast might look like next year. Think about Major League Baseball taking over the Diamondbacks broadcast, the San Diego Padres right. broadcast. That's where it's trending with the Twins. So this is, you know, a market rebrand, right? That's why they're moving on from Dick. His contract was up, right? I mean, right, but, as far as but I know, Dukes, Dick wanted to be Dukes. back, and you know, the Dukes, Dukes, in. Dukes, Dukes. To, Dukes. to be
1: clear, Dukes. to be clear, no, I'm not talking about a rebranding. I'm talking no, no, about. I know ba- what the is showing the games. Available. Just stream them.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the answer there, Judd. Apologies, but yes, I mean, if this thing moves on for another handful of days to weeks, and we're talking six, seven, eight, nine, ten games, you think about. The in-season tournament beginning for the Wolves one week from today, right? The NBA trying to put a spotlight. Do people Mm -hmm. even care? Heck, the first batch of games is tonight. Do people even realize? Even NBA fans, I still don't even fully grasp what exactly this in-season tournament is. But the NBA is trying to drum up a lot of interest with this in-season tournament. So, yes, maybe at some point the league would step in. But I've not heard any sort of steam in that regard right this second. Yeah. All right, empty the
0: scoop bag here. Empty the scoop bag for us. Big win for the Gopher basketball team last night over uh, Division Three McAllister. Let's rock and roll, baby. Yeah, they didn't take a lead till the six-minute mark of the first half, but big win for the Gophers last night.
2: Oh, it was huge. 97 to 73. Unfortunately, they couldn't cross the 100-point threshold. But, yeah, I mean, no Pharrell Payne, no Cam Christie, Christie's sick, Pain. it's a minor, minor injury. We're not talking like team violations or anything like that. It's a minor injury for Pain and an illness for Christie. Both guys back as soon as Monday, the season opener against Bethune-Cookman. How about McAllister? You know, my guy Abe, you know, in sixth year as coach, I was over at McAllister practice on Friday. I was at a game or two last year. I can tell you how good Caleb Williams is. 41 points for McAllister last night. Now, he took, what, 30-something shots to get to the 41 points. But Kid from Wisconsin, he's also a track athlete at McAllister. Like, he's good enough to play Division I. I'm not talking mm-hmm. high major Division I, but, like, I'll be over at St. Thomas practice later today to catch up with my guy Johnny Tower, you know, and you think about the Summit League. Like, I watch enough of the Summit League. Caleb Williams could play in the Summit League, right? So that was that was certainly phenomenal to watch last night, Caleb Williams from Division Three McAllister putting 41 on the Gophers. But you think about... Like, just the lack of buzz. I mean, Phil, you were there. You mentioned it last night. Was there any buzz whatsoever? Like, it seemed like more people cared about Dude, McAllister there was than buzz. they did the
0: Gophers. McAllister's student section was incredible. They brought, right. they probably so, brought, like, 200 students or 300 students, and they treated it like a Final Four game. Well, it was insane. Right?
2: I mean, that's the biggest game those kids will play with all due respect, even if they're competing like they should against Carlton for the Mayak championship yeah, you know, late in the season you know, with all due respect, this was the biggest game for those McAllister kids. But like, hey, I bleed maroon and gold. It's my alma mater, right? I can be somewhat, you know, biased, right? I don't need to be completely objective with my love for the Gophers, even though I can be objective when I watch something that's not an enjoying product to, to consume, like football. Hey, they win, but it's just, it's not a fun product to watch. So I can be objective in that regard. But Like, I want Ben Johnson to do well. He's somebody I've known for a really long time. But I'm also realistic. Like, there's no buzz. Can they get as high as ninth or 10th in the Big Ten? That might seem like a stretch, right? Are they going to be rock bottom again? Now, I was over there on Friday for media day. I chat with people over there enough because I care, right? They are way more optimistic than I am. And I do think, like, they can climb up to 10th or 9th in the big 10, they can find a way to win more than two big 10 games, but does that give Ben Johnson in a fourth year? If you're Mark Coyle, right? What are you exactly looking at? How do you evaluate Ben Johnson? You think about the lack of people in the stands, but like, I don't know if you hire Nico Medved, for example, from Colorado state, yeah. are people all of a sudden showing up next year. Like I have a hard time believing that. So I think that's a bigger issue. Then you think about NIL, you know, like, is it Ben's fault that Jamison battle? is now an Ohio State Buckeye, right? No. And I know there's a little bit more to it than NIL, right? A little bit more going on, you know, in Jameson's world and all that. But still, you look at Jamison Battle being gone, Dennis Evans being at Louisville, not here, right? I mean, Ben is, you know, working with one hand tied behind his back in many ways with, with a lack of NIL support. I know they're working on it, but they're still far behind so many other programs. So how much of it is Ben's fault? How much is just a larger issue that, that is out of Ben's control? But I just, I'm just i wondering how will Mark Coyle evaluate this year and decide ultimately does Ben Johnson get a fourth year or not? Yep.
0: Great scoop session here, guys. A little reckless speculation Thursday on a Friday here. Awesome stuff,
2: dudes. Yeah, I'm trying to and think you- if I forgot anything. Daniel Jacobson speaking to go for basketball. He's announcing, or maybe announced earlier this week, but he's down to Purdue in Wisconsin this class of 2025. Big man. So that's another recruit the Gophers lose out on. And and I want to give some love to Dylan Radins of Becker High School. I was watching the end of that Titans Steelers game last night. JJ Watt or TJ Watt, JJ was in in attendance, but TJ Watt looked like he was tired or I don't know if he was battling something, but Radins, the right tackle for Tennessee, I thought did a really good job on that last drive not allowing Watt to get anywhere near Will Levis. I wanted to make sure I gave Dylan Radens of Becker High School some love. Nice.
0: There he is, Darren Doogie
2: Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness
0: News Sports Department. Enjoy your football weekend.
2: From Twin Stuff, will heat up next week. GM meetings, Falvey and company will be down in the Phoenix area for those. We had the decision, the no-brainer decision. We talked about that, that they were going to exercise the options, the 24 options on Kepler and Polanco. They officially did that. Last night, still will listen on trading queries, especially with Polanco when you look at the weak second base free agent market. But it was a no brainer decision to exercise those options. They will tender Sonny Gray another no brainer decision. They will tender Sonny Gray early next week a qualifying offer. That number is $20.3 million. The Twins would happily welcome back Sonny Gray in 24 at $20.3 $20. million, but he will say no and hit the open market and likely signed for more than $50 million, maybe the Cardinals, maybe somewhere else, but I would keep an eye on the Cardinals. When he does, the Twins can then recoup a first-round pick. Boom. Boom. All right, boys. Have a All great right, weekend. See you, dudes. Right. Darren Enjoy Wilson. Sky, you my lot. Enjoy the comedy show, Declan. See ya. Later. All
0: right. Uh, and we will do, yeah, we'll, we'll do a lot more on this week and next week for the Minnesota Twins on the Score North Twin Show, probably Tuesday of next
1: week i should probably so. go huh to, to go, the general. gm oh to the G- gm thing in scottsdale i think do said sure go ahead you, you might want me there go ahead yeah that'd be awesome do you get a credit card i, I can use from the company see that's i knew this was nah, coming that's nah, nah, yeah. nah. Oh, so, uh, oh, so now I'm just going bring that.
0: We bring the score on our twin show back like three months ago. And this guy wants to blow all of our budget on traveling to Scottsdale selfishly.
1: Well, it's no, bad. I want to go to spring training too. And then I think make, winter you know, meetings,
0: maybe. though. We should, do, where are the winter meetings? You know
1: what? I should go winter league.
0: Uh, it's fired Stop. up uh, <laughs> right now. Isn't Miguel Sano playing in the Dominican yes. winter league? Pretty I thought sure. I
1: saw something. Yeah.
0: He's back, dude. He's back. I'll Those go find taters.
1: him. Let's I'll go. go find him. It'll be great. Nashville right, great for the winter meetings nashville
0: nashville oh that's great it's usually at the uh the uh opryland oh, hotel in nashville i was I there stay. one year for those winter meetings you'll never oh, find your God. way
1: home, way back to, to your room once you're in there it's it is a zoo
0: but there's like you get lost and there's like a bar around every corner so cool.
1: you'll be fine. well then that's where i'll post up for you yeah <laughs>
0: okay. we'll uh we'll make it happen okay Derek, that's I'll a wrap a little... on this episode of scoops reckless speculation thursday on a friday see you